G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, we're heading towards the Marriage and Money Tour and one of the participants in that, along with the team at Focus on the Family, will be Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth with Purpose. He's been monitoring everything to do with finances and, of course, one of the biggest things that could be happening today that might affect the hip pocket of every single listener is the rise or the expected rise in interest rates likely later on today. Alex, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you again. Alex, uh, the RBA, they're meeting today. They're expected to raise rates further. Uh, What are our expectations, perhaps uh, even beyond today, interest rates for this year? Mm. Yeah, well, look, Neil, the expectation today is that uh, rates will go up by 25 basis points, which just simply means a quarter of a percent. Uh, It is possible that they go a little bit more than that, um, but that's the widely expected figure. Uh, And this is because inflation has still been increasing. So the inflation figures that came out about two weeks ago, I'm sure many Australians know the feeling of the inflation because it's about 7.8% at the moment. And so the current expectation amongst the average economist is there'll be still another one or two rate rises left to try and get inflation under control and to bring it back down. I guess the sort of comment I would make here, and I've, I've made this sort of comment before, is that nobody really knows the future. I mean, if you rewind 18, back 18 months, no one was expecting interest rates to go up for nine months in a row, which is what they've, what's happened uh, so far. So we've had every, every RBA meeting since May, rates have been going up. Um, there is some talk uh, amongst some economists, and this is, I guess, potential good news, is that later in the year, if inflation does start to subside, then we may possibly even see rate cuts. And that's assuming that, of course, the economy starts to slow down uh, sufficiently. And I guess the big unknown is because it takes time for the rate cuts to flow through to the real economy, you know, just because they put it up today doesn't mean it has an instant impact. Uh, We don't really know the flow on effect yet of all the rate cuts from last year. We do know it certainly obviously had a big effect on sentiment. You know, consumer confidence has fallen, house prices have fallen, all those things have started to occur. Um, but one of the big things that's going to occur over this tw- uh, the next coming 12 months is that many Australians that took out fixed rate loans during the COVID period, those loans are now going to become variable and the interest rates on those are going to go up substantially. You know, some people were fortunate enough to get rates around 2% and they're going to jump up now to 6 to 7%. So big, big increases. Um so I guess there's really two scenarios that I see playing out. One is inflation starts to come off a bit and rates go on hold and then possibly even down later in the year if they've overdone it. Or alternatively, we may see inflation fluctuating, so it starts to pull back and then picks up again later in the year, particularly if there's wages pressure. 
So it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult one to predict, uh, but certainly um, I think we could probably expect one or two more rate rises from here. Well, I think we might be bracing ourselves because it seems to be that there is a common sentiment uh, among those who are commentators that we are in for this rate rise and more to come through the year. Alex, uh, what can people do to protect themselves uh, from higher rates? Is there anything you can do? Oh, look, there are. I mean, look, the, the reality is, unfortunately, Australia is a very debt-ridden society. You know, we've been, you and I have been talking about this sort of thing for, year, for years, where it is a nation, as is America and much of the West, we, we love debt. And so, and of course, the Bible warns us about what can happen if you overdo debt. So there's a couple of things you can do to protect yourself uh, from that. So firstly, obviously, one of the key things if you have a home loan now is you could consider fixing it. Now, fixed rates certainly aren't as attractive as what they were a year ago. But nonetheless, if you're thinking to yourself, I can't handle much more than what it currently is, then maybe fixing it for a couple of years locks it in and at least you then have absolute certainty of what your repayments are going to be in the next two to three years. So it gives you that certainty and buys you some time. Even if rates fall, you'll be locked in at that higher fixed rate, but nonetheless, at least you'll have certainty. And that's one of the key things. The second thing I would encourage people is to have a definitive plan on how you're going to reduce your debts, have a debt reduction plan. And really what this should start with is, you know, working out your household budget or cash flow. See if you have any surplus, because one of the key things to get ahead financially is that you have a surplus each month, you know, money comes in, money goes out. As long as you've got a surplus, with that surplus, you can make extra payments to pay down your home loan. So in other words, I would encourage people to make repayments above and beyond what the bank requires. So that way you're getting ahead on your loan and you're taking some of the pressure off by reducing the principal and therefore reducing the overall interest you're going to pay. So that's that's a, a good one as well. For some people, it might be appropriate to consider things like debt consolidation. So you may have a couple of different debts at different interest rates. You may be able to merge those all into one low interest uh, rate you know, type account. Now that does have some positives and some downsides. The positive is you get it all onto one low rate and hopefully one simple payment. The only downside may be with some of those debts, they may be short-term in nature and you're converting them into long-term debts by consolidating. Uh, and also be very careful of some of the, the bank schemes whereby they offer you 0% interest on a credit card to transfer across those sort of things uh, can be um, very costly if you don't use them wisely. So there's a few things uh, that people can do there. But the, the, the one I'd really encourage people to, to think about is if you are thinking to yourself, look, I don't know if I can handle this much more, maybe you need to consider selling as well. House prices are only down a little bit so far. <coughs> Excuse me. And so maybe for some people it's appropriate that they consider selling to take that pressure off the family. That's not for everyone, and most people obviously want to keep their home, but it may be appropriate for some people as well. 
How much do you dig in, Alex? Uh, you find yourself under this uh, <coughs> debt level stress. Uh, interest rates are on the rise. You know your mortgage payments are going to be perhaps going up even more through the year. If you hold on tight, because house prices are falling, if you hold tight and uh, take up the squeeze, uh, when things begin to ease, you can be back on top of it all again. Uh, how far do you persevere? Correct. It's it's a good question, and I think it's a difficult one to answer because it's going to come down to people's individual circumstances. Um, I, I take the view uh, that when we're you know in day to day living, you do not want to find yourself under constant financial stress, and also not for very long periods of time. Most people would agree that there are seasons in life, particularly you know when you've got a young family, you're starting out that you know cash flow is going to be tight that's that's a, a, a sort of a norm that many people have passed through during their life but i think there is a reality now that the debt levels in australia are, are simply quite absurd they're, they're very very high and if interest rates were to rise too much they would wipe out many people um, it also will become difficult for some people to refinance their home loans because i'll end up with negative equity so no bank will look at you if you've got negative equity. It'll be very hard to refinance. So if you think you're getting close to that situation, that maybe, you know, you don't want to get to that point where you are negative, and that I think is a risk for certainly a lot of people that have bought uh, in the last two years. Um, but also, you've got to remember, also I think from a Christian perspective, we want to live generous lives. We don't want to be enslaved to this world's economic system. You know, we want to be able to live open-handedly. We want to live generously. And we don't want to have to be scrimping for every dollar just to pay back the bank. So I think um, it requires an honest assessment of one situation and saying, would I be better off actually taking all this pressure off, renting for a while and going back in at another time with less debt? You know, we all make mistakes. And certainly Australia, as I say, has been in love with debt for a very long time. And, of course, that's now catching up with us. And I think that the message in the Bible is debt can lead to slavery. And I don't want any listener that's listening to this to be enslaved by their debt. And so if you can avoid it now rather than later, when it gets harder, then I think uh, that's something to prayerfully consider. As I say, it's not for everybody, but prayerfully consider your situation. Let's talk faith for a moment and put you in the deep end here, Alex. I know you like a little bit of deep end activity. Uh, supposing, just as you say, those who've bought in the last couple of years perhaps more at risk of having that negative equity, but supposing you've bought into the housing market and you've seen that as blessing from God. He's given you the opportunity to get into the housing market, yes, you've taken on debt. You felt comfortable to do that. Uh, you were prayerful. You thought that was all good. Now you're feeling the pressure and the stress. Uh, some people might be even in the in the boat where they're blaming God now because somehow or other they're into that stress. If you're talking uh, spiritually, biblically, if you're applying some Christian thought to this, uh, where do you sit on on the fact that uh, you are a Christian, and now you you felt like something was good, and now it's not so good. Yeah, and look, it's a tough one. As I say before, with you know, we all have to ultimately make decisions about these kind of things, and, and we often you know make mistakes. We're only human, and uh, sometimes we overdo it. 
particularly in our culture, because we're surrounded by a culture that says debt is what is required in order to own anything, whether it's a home or a car. And so what sits around us is very normal. And of course, many people feel the social pressure to own a home too. So there's all these factors, if you like, that are pointing at us saying, go and buy a home, just buy with your ears pinned back and and get on with it. So that that's a pressure that many of us feel. But I think what I think from a, a, a Christian perspective here is that we need to remember that God is, he's our ultimate provider. He does not want us to live uh, enslaved, as I say, to the world's economic system. He wants us to be able to live uh, open-handedly, to live generously, to support uh, kingdom activity. And so we need to think to ourselves, when I'm handling the money that God's put in my hands, am I stewing it well? You know, God knows that, you know, at the end of the day, we need a roof over our head. Um, but he also doesn't want us just to, to live for these earthly things. As I say, it's so it's so cultural and it's the, you know, the Australian dream to own a home uh, that we don't stop and think that maybe that's not the plan that God has for us. So what I would really encourage us to do here, particularly if, you know, you find yourself in this situation where you're, uh, you know, you're feeling uncomfortable now as the pressure's coming on, is to really seek God with your financial decision-making. You know, really spend time uh, in God's Word to understand what the Bible says about money and says about these issues, but also asking God for wisdom because we don't know what the future holds. Nobody does. I don't. Um, but we do know what the warning messages are that the Bible sends us. And, and one is that, you know, uh, debt can lead to slavery. And so I would really encourage us to seek God, if you're feeling the pressure, and ask God for wisdom on how to get through this situation. I, I firmly believe that God does not want his people enslaved. To me, that's a strategy of Satan who wants you enslaved so that you can't do anything for the kingdom. You, you know, your, your hands are tied and you're very limited in what you can do. Um, and sometimes, so, yeah, it, it's it requires careful consideration. <clears throat> sometimes we only think more deeply about a biblical, godly foundation for finances when things do get tough. Hey, let's come back to Ooh, the economy here because uh, rising interest rates, uh, mortgages, mortgage stress, there's challenges there. Other elements of the economy, though, not necessarily performing the same way or having the same effect on us. The stock market actually has been very positive over the past few months. Yeah, exactly. So the stock market um, last year was, I guess, a year of uh, tumultuous activity. Stock markets had some uh, very high volatility, some big falls. And then over the last three months, it's actually regained virtually all the losses of last year and it's actually probably a couple of percentage points off all-time highs at the moment which i think has probably surprised uh, many people um and really what's happening i think in the australian stock market is many of the stock markets around the world tend to move in sync so what's happened in the australian stock market is largely what's happened in the u.s market over the same three months and they often move in sync in the short term. In the long term, there are other factors that will affect stock markets around the world, but certainly in the short term, they often follow each other. And markets tend to be forward-looking. So in other words, they're trying to anticipate what's likely to happen over the next few years. And probably the main area of conversation amongst commentators when it comes to the stock market is there's a general belief 
um, that inflation will be brought under control. So this is certainly the case in the US. They believe that the Federal Reserve has put up rates enough that it is starting to slow down. And certainly there are signs of that. And the second component of that is that the US will experience a soft landing. So what do I mean by that? Well, there's basically some people predicting that the US will have a recession this year. Um, and that if it is, it's going to be very short, very shallow, etc. Now, time will, will tell whether that turns out to be true. But I think the main thing that's really kept things very positive in the world unemployment and probably one of the few from COVID is that unemployment is extremely low. And when unemployment is very low, it's very hard for economies to tip into recession because most people have a job and they've still got to spend. So it's um, that's been, I think, the main positive. Um, I personally think the stock market is still in what we call a bear market and that what we've experienced in the last few months is really a bear market rally. So that's a bear market, just an expression that's used when markets fall, but they can often be in these sort of sideways markets for a very long time. And so I think it's going to be still challenging. So even though it's positive for the last few months, uh, I think we're in for more volatility again this year in the stock market. Just quickly, it's very easy to focus, isn't it, uh, on, and I think rightly so, uh, those who might be doing it tough with rising interest rates and mortgages going up. Uh, let's talk about those who perhaps are not under the stress right now, who are looking at the prices of houses falling, thinking, well, we've got our reserves, we've got a deposit, we've got something all set and ready to go. Uh, is this now time to get into the housing market? For those people who might be thinking of opportunities here, uh, what are your thoughts, Alex? Well, you're, well, you're right. Let, let's, let's chat on that. The other thing I'd comment on is, even though it's tough for people with a mortgage at the moment, it's actually been a blessing uh, for retirees. Retirees have had it tough for the past 10 years where interest rates have been going down and down and down. And many retirees, of course, have a lot of their money in conservative assets and those have been earning very little. So finally, you can now get you know 4% on a term deposit, which you haven't been able to get for years and years. So it's actually not bad for everyone. So there's always a positive uh, as well. Um, but the question, come back to your question about housing, is it the time to buy? So I suspect that housing still has some way to go. Um, I'd say it's probably halfway through the falls. Uh, and the reason for that is housing tends to move slowly. But the real issue with housing is that it goes up based on people's borrowing capacity. And as interest rates rise, it means when people go off to the bank or to their mortgage broker to borrow money, the higher the interest rate, the less they can borrow. Okay, because banks are looking at what's called your serviceability. And obviously, if interest rates rise, your ability to borrow diminishes. And of course, with rising rates, I think that basically guarantees that housing will keep falling for a bit longer yet. There are different estimates um, between 15 and 25%. I suspect we'll get to probably at least 20%. But keep in mind, we're already halfway there, you know, Housing in Sydney is off of about 14%. I think in Brisbane is at least 10%. So we're probably about halfway there, I suspect. Um, so I think it's probably premature at this point to go by. I'd be waiting waiting a bit for those who are keen to pounce on opportunities. Uh, but certainly, um, but, and the other thing I'd say to keep in mind is housing is still actually more expensive than what it was pre-COVID. So even though 
it's fallen. It hasn't fallen that much because housing went up so much during that COVID period. So it's still not, it's certainly not cheap. And housing in Australia is still very, very expensive uh, compared to uh, the rest of the globe. So I, I still think it's got further to go. I wouldn't be jumping, getting too keen to jump in just yet. Okay, so it might be time to just wait if you are looking to find opportunity. Hey, perfect timing, and I know there's been lots of planning gone into it. The Marriage and Money Tour, you're teaming up with Focus on the Family, so it's Wealth with Purpose and Focus on the Family, an opportunity for listeners to participate in seminars and conferences that are coming with a tour that starts uh, mid-February. There's going to be a special live stream, the Marriage and Money Tour, on the 22nd of February. And for listeners, you can go to the Vision website, vision.org.au, and you can register to be a part of that live stream. It's going to feature Brett and Kate Ryan from Focus on the Family, as well as Alex Cook from Wealth with Purpose. And at a time like this, where money is tight, For many, and where marriages are under pressure, this is a moment to get some really wonderful, powerful, biblical insight. And uh, sometimes I like to think uh, not just uh, governed by a Christian worldview around money and marriage, but empowered by our Christian worldview around money and marriage. Let me give some dates here for listeners. If you're in Melbourne, uh, the 15th and 16th of February, Brisbane on the 25th of February, the 1st of March in Geelong, in Melbourne again, 4th of March, Newcastle the 8th of March, Sydney the 9th of March, and in Sydney on the 11th of March, look out for that marriage and money seminars and conferences, uh, different lengths in some of those locations, but you can get the details at vision.org.au. Alex Cook. I know lots of listeners will be registering to be a part of that. I know you're getting ready to uh, just uh, be on the stage uh, with Brett and Kate Ryan from Focus on the Family. It's going to be fabulous. But thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today. A crucial day and great insights. Thanks for joining us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you as always. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.